Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the third day of June and the 154th day of 2019, leaving us 211 days until 2020. As the sixth month of the year, June, named after Juno, the wife of Jupiter in Roman mythology, is a big month for wedding planners, as Juno is thought of as being the Roman version of the Greek goddess of love and marriage, Hera. The beginning of June also marks the official start of the Atlantic hurricane season, at least as far as federal forecasters are concerned, and their prediction thus far is that we will be having a, quote, near normal, unquote, hurricane season, with nine of 15 named storms expected to form and two to four of them developing into major hurricanes. Worth mentioning, too, is NOAA's April 2019 Global Climate Report, which was issued this past week and tells us April 2019 was the second hottest April in the climate record that began compilation in 1880. The hottest April occurred a few years back in 2016. Bottom line, says EarthSky.org, is... Earth continues to warm. Celestially, the view transitioning from the end of May into the beginning of June during dawn afforded us a waning crescent moon keeping company with Venus in the eastern twilight before sunrise. And tonight, look from northeast to southeast, starting with the Big Dipper and then star hopping, star hopping to Arcturus and Spica, find Corvus the Crow, Crater the Cup, and Hydra the Snake. In Greek mythology, writes Deborah Bird, Apollo sends Corvus the Crow to fetch a cup of water. But Corvus gets distracted eating figs. For quite a while before remembering his mission, at which point he grabs Hydra the Snake from the water. Thinking that a good excuse to present Apollo, who is not fooled and in anger flings Corvus the Crow, Crater the Cup, and Hydra the water snake into the sky and orders Hydra never to let Corvus the crow drink from Crater the Cup. One week ago today, Terry Westcott, a Maine native and Vietnam veteran, and I were in the section of the upper Susquehanna River known to many as the jungle, although some call it the swamp. We were about an hour and a half into the 57th annual General Clinton Canoe Regatta, 70-mile endurance race, having begun at 6 o'clock on Otsego Lake in Cooperstown, New York. The General Clinton Regatta is named after James Clinton, who was born in 1736 in what is now Orange County in the colony of New York. His grandfather, also named James, had been a British soldier in Oliver Cromwell's New Model Army, and the elder James's son, Charles, had been an Anglo-Irish immigrant and a colonel in the French and Indian War. James the Younger's brother had been governor of New York from 1777 to 1795 and United States vice president from 1805 to 1812. By 1779, James Clinton had, had become a brigadier general in the Continental Army and been that, at that post for almost three years, 
leading an expedition down the Susquehanna River after making the upper portion navigable by damming up the river's source at Otsego Lake, allowing the lake's level to rise, and then destroying the dam and flooding the river for miles downstream. The event is described by James Fenimore Cooper in the introduction to his popular novel, The Pioneers. At Tioga, New York, Clinton met up with General John Sullivan's forces, who had marched from Easton, Pennsylvania. Together on August 29th, they defeated the Tories and the Indians at the Battle of Newton, near today's city of Elmira, New York. This became known as the Sullivan-Clinton Campaign, or the Sullivan Expedition. Fast forward to 1963, when two canoes made a reconnaissance trip of 18 hours and 25 minutes down the Susquehanna River from Cooperstown to Bainbridge. That effort was the brainchild of the Bainbridge Chamber of Commerce, which had the idea of promoting the community and tourism. That same year, on the 4th of July, the first official race was held, having 45 entries, with the winners finishing the 70-mile distance in 11 hours and 45 minutes. Since then, the race date shifted to Memorial Day weekend, and the current race record is 6 hours, 34 minutes, and 34 seconds. That is simply a blistering time, which I'll explain in a moment. The Clinton is the longest canoe race I've ever been in, and by the last third of the race, my upper arms were aching and my lower back was killing me. The event, therefore, for me, would definitely become an agony and ecstasy sort of thing. Fortunately, my paddling partner, Terry, in addition to being a former drill instructor in Vietnam, is also a veteran of many marathon canoe events, including the 100 or so mile St. John and the 900 or so mile Yukon races, which he has paddled many times. Thus, most of the whining and complaining near the end of the race was coming from me. We were both consoled, however, after we had finished. When we learned our place and our time, we had won third place in our class, and our time of 10 hours and change was better than the 11 hours and change of the winners in the first Clinton 56 years ago. Among the thousand or so participants in this year's Clinton, at least a couple of dozen Mainers were part of the mix. Today is the birthday in 1906 of Josephine Baker, the American-born French entertainer, activist, and French resistance agent, and of actor Tony Curtis, who was born Bernard Schwartz in 1925, and whose harsh Bronx accent sometimes stunned Hollywood studio executives, who would watch Curtis as a sheik upon an Arabian charger carry the leading lady to the top of the sand dune and then listen to him grandly declaim, Yanda lies the castle of my father. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to a great June morning.